Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The Emeth, and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you've spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T, process.com. Anthony Cheney is an accomplished leader in the testing, inspection, and certification field as chief operating officer at Versa Integrity Group. He's responsible for approximately 1,000 employees and supporting over 300 customers out of 23 locations across the United States. He's a proud husband and father and member of API's Global Global Industry Service Committee and GPA's Integrity Committee. He is a confidant and coach for many professional colleagues within the Versa within Versa and within the industry. Anthony, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Good, Chad. How are you? Good. Thank you. Hey, so tell me a little bit more about what Versa Integrity does. All right. So Versa is a a full service company in regards to non-destructive testing, quality control, quality assurance, and inspection, right? So um, basically an asset integrity management company for the petrochemical industry and beyond that as well. So you have uh, 23 locations across the country and there's a thousand employees that you kind of have to are kind of responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. So we we go as far east as Orlando, Florida, as far north as Tioga, North Dakota, far west as Los Angeles, California. And then um, our southernmost office is Corpus Christi, Texas. And we have, you know, quite a few offices in between. So we, we service everything from like the entertainment industry from roller coasters to, you know, chemical facilities, downstream facilities, pipeline things of that nature. So what are most of those thousand employees doing? Well, that's, that's a really good question. So, so we're broke off, I would say probably 75, 80, probably 80% of those employees are purely operational focused. So they are, whether they're the technicians in the field doing the non-destructive testing, APIs doing their visual inspections, data, data processors, taking that data, processing it, cleaning it up. So our customers can make, you know, very good informed educated decisions because everything we do produces data and then that cultivation of that data to represent to make those decisions are, are critical for our industry so that's the bulk of what most of those guys are do, out there doing what does you what does a, if if it's possible to talk about this to describe this what does a typical day look like for you as coo Oh, th- that's great. There is no typical day for me as COO, right? And that, that's, the, that's the fun part of being in the operational realm, if you will. So I would say a typical day for me is one, you know, looking at our stakeholders from our private equity company to, to my boss, our CEO, and our company's visions and objectives and making sure those are 
getting explained, you know, down to a, a level of the organization that can do something about it, um, to listening to what's going on from those other levels in the organization and removing all those roadblocks and doing everything they need to be able to get their job done. Right. So I, uh, I work for every vice president, every director in this company and every ops manager. Right. So my days are pretty busy for the most part. What would you say has been, what ways have you found success in, in having to lead, you know, a thousand people across the country in 23 different locations? What, what, what ways have you have worked for you? Um, the realization that you can't be at all of those 23 locations and talk to every one of those thousand people. Right. And I think the, the biggest part of kind of growing through the ranks from, you know, being a tech in the field to now leading an organization of this size, I think um, understanding who you work for, right. Understanding who, who your competitors are, um, understanding who you work for, how you're doing your job. And that that's been the most important thing, right. I've always had somebody we report to, um, but that's not who we're working for. Right. We're working for every once you get past, um, you know, one ounce of leadership or supervisory role, or even if you're just the, the alpha dog on the team that you're on. Right. You you by default are working for somebody else. You're working for those guys besides you are on the ground. And I think understanding that um, and owning that and making sure everybody else in the organization understands that that's how we've been able to shift and really have kind of a positive culture shift over the last couple of years with Inversa and understand you know, our clients are most important. The guys in the field are most important. Um, we have some of the best support organizations in the world working at versus supporting our operational arm, right? So we're a service organization um, and understanding that you're always being of service is the most critical thing to help and shift a thousand people at once, if you will. So uh, what does that look like? It kind of, you know, it, I think we talked about it early before we started recording. You're kind of like leading from the gap or you're leading as a yeah. wingman. Yeah, yeah. You're, so, so my, my, I would say I built a career leading from the wingman position, right? So, um, you, you may not be the top dog, but you're you're the next one over. Um, and and being in the wingman kind of means a lot of things, right? Sometimes you got to get take point and you have to lead. Other times it's it's you're working for those guys who are technically reporting to you, right? But you're working for them. And I think every part of leadership in an organization, if you want to be a good leader, if you want to, you have to be a good servant. Right. So understanding how to serve and be a servant um, at the epitome makes you a good leader, because if you can't follow and you can't be a service, I don't think you're you're any good to any organization, really, especially not when your organization is based on being a service provider. You know, I think a lot of people, when they especially when they first get into leadership positions, they feel like I need to establish myself as the person who's like in charge. When did you kind of maybe. I don't know if you even ever did shift your mentality, but when did you kind of embrace more of the servant leadership philosophy? I would say um, I've been really blessed through my career, right? So even even I've probably been working full time since probably my, you know, right out of high school, I would say, and, and worked full time in the summer since I was probably 14. I mean, I, I was driving Bob Tell rigs um, to and fro when I was 14. So I've, I've always worked, if you will. And I would say, I've been really blessed. Every mentor I've had has had 10 to 15 years experience on me. So I never actually really enjoyed working with somebody my same age, right? For, for a while there. And I would say it probably sank in maybe, maybe about seven years ago, five, seven years ago, somewhere in there. I was, I was with a colleague of mine. We were sitting in the room and we kind of looked around and we realized 
hey, when did we become the old guys in the room? When did it shift from us always having somebody there that had, you know, 10, 15, 20 years experience on us to go to and say, hey, what, what should we do about blank to being the guy that everybody was calling up asking, what should we do about this? Right. And it was kind of this this comical turn. Um, career-wise, right? And we were, we were both managers and, and been in different supervisory roles and things of that nature, but it really sunk in how critical the role we were in now was, right? So we were now responsible for everything we said, everything we did, everything we touched, right? And so you go home and a lot of guys are like, hey, we're working for our family, right? Well, you know, at that point in my career, there was about, we had probably about 75, I had about 75 people reporting up to me. And it was like, hey, I'm responsible for 75 families, not just my family, you know, putting food on the table, things of that nature. And that's when it really sunk in. That was that pivotal turn for me. Always, I, th- I think I was always a, a good servant and a good, you know, putting, putting others first. But that's when the criticalness of just how important being in a leadership role was. And just, you know, I think when you're on the front lines, you can make a mistake that has a bad effect. I think when you're in a leadership role, you can make a mistake that has a very, very overreaching negative effect and you got to take that very serious is there something you do to make sure um like a system that you have to make sure that everybody is on the same page you know a thousand people no matter how much of a a good leader you are a thousand people is a lot of people is there something that you do to kind of document your process or make sure everybody's on the same page yeah we do we so so software helps and we, we kind of have a uh a mentality like if you can't have a good paper system you're not going to have a good software system right if you can't if you can't do it with a pencil and pad correctly adding adding a layer of technology to it's just going to extrapolate extrapolate your errors if you will so what's unique about us is out of those 23 office locations there's probably not two that look alike right they have their niches of, of excellence they're what they're kind of subject matter experts in or what that area um, has going on that's a little more proprietary to them. So we do a combination of, um, you know, like a lot of applications for how we do our visual inspections. Um, we have, a, you know, company-wide templates that we try to do everything the same way regimented across. So when we do our quality control and our quality audits, it all looks the same. So when we have one of our quality guys go in, when he's looking at a phased array report, it looks like a phased array report out of Orlando looks like one out of Houston. Right. And so there's there's not one simple process. There's there's several layers where it's everything from a, you know, a fancy Excel sheet to a proprietary application that we use. Would you say that kind of the the servant leadership uh, style affects the culture of the company? Like maybe they see you maybe putting yourself below them, even though they even though you work for them. So that kind of leads people to do the same thing. I hope so. That's the point. Right. Um, So that I don't think we have. Any, any supervisor or above in the operational group that is not truly working for their guys and the people that report to them is probably doesn't want to hang out on our roster very long um, because it, that's who we are, right? And if you can't put those guys first, then you're not going to put, they're not going to put the clients first, right? And so our clients are very critical to us. Um, what we do in the industry is actually extremely important. You know, we are, you know, driving quality and safety from a, a lot of facilities that aren't aren't easy places to work in, right? We have hazardous chemicals. We have, there's true dangers out there that we're taking these products. A lot of people take for granted. And our company is one of the many companies that's responsible for making sure what's in the pipe stays in the pipe, right? So it's, it's a very admirable role we play in the, in the world. 
Sure. Can you uh, tell me, you, you mentioned you, you had mentors who were like 10 to 15 years older than you. And now, oh, yeah. now you're kind of that guy. Can you tell me maybe something you learned from one of your mentors or maybe an example of a way that they, you noticed something that they did and you're like, you know, that's kind of how I want to conduct myself. Yeah. So that, so I've been blessed. I still got great mentors uh, um, to this day, but yeah, there's several nuggets you take. I think from everybody you, you follow, you can take something from whether, whether it's comical and that change your perspective or not. Um, one, one of my mentors, um, Ken Field. So he was a, a senior engineer, worked for Conical Phillips, Phillips 66, had probably, oh goodness gracious, he's retired now, 20 some years experience on me, right? So I was uh, still getting my undergraduate degree at the time. I was going to school full-time, working part-time, and he was kind of teaching me everything there was to be about being an engineer in this industry, right? So we called it like mechanical integrity engineers. Um, so we would do like pressure vessel calculations, things of that nature. So he would, we kind of got to the point, he would kind of sign off on things for me. And one thing that he mentioned to me, he was like, hey, your career is going to be, you know, 80% perception and 20% reality. He's like, you're gonna spend 80% of your time explaining to people why you need to do that other 20% how you can do it and painting the picture to get to get the business built, to get it sold, to get it bigger, that things of that nature. Right. Um, and he goes, and you better damn well come through on that 20%. <laughs> and so that's kind of stuck in with me. Right. So we spend a lot of time painting the picture of what we want to achieve, what our vision is, what we're trying to do. And then we got that other 20% that we get to execute on that vision and the promises we make. And I think, you know, that rings to me every time I make a promise, it's like, Hey, you, you may be only spending 20% of your time to execute everything you've been talking about, but you better make dang sure you come through on that commitment. So that's, that's one of those things that have stuck out with me for, for many years. Right. So I could probably go on the list of many different nuggets of wisdom from different mentors I've had over the years. Sure. I bet you could. Are, are there any favorite uh, tools or software that you have that you like to use? Oh, goodness. Um, I, I don't know if I have any favorite uh, tools or software, to be honest with you. Uh, we have, at Versa, we kind of have our, our, our billing and uh, dispatching system. Uh, we call it Versa Go. It's kind of a, a system that we have internally to us that we've kind of home built over the years. And then we have our application suite that's that's kind of proprietary to us and unique. But we're always looking for for partners. I got some meetings next week to you know because we're not we don't we're not a software as a service provider necessarily. So there's always something always something better or something unique we can use. I'm sure. How can people find out more about Versa? Uh, so go to our website, versaintegrity.com. You can find out about anything you need to know about Versa and more. Um, has all our services lines listed on there, our office locations. It may not have our you know, newest. I think we op opened two new offices right at the end of last year. I don't think it's updated yet. But that's a good way to find out a lot about Versa. My last question for you, do you have any books or podcasts that you've kind of found valuable in terms of you know, your leadership style or or helped you on the, along the way? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, I'm trying, I, I drew a little bit of a blank, but there's, there's, there's several books, um, that I've listened to. Uh, one of them, the latest one I'm reading right now is a uh, double, double came off of one of your podcasts, right? Um, so, so Cameron, um, I'm reading that book there. I would say from, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think. 
how to win friends and influence people is probably like a good basic book. Like if you haven't read a business book and you're trying to get into, okay, Hey, how do I understand the dynamics of a team and what's going on? I think that is like a baseline principle book that everybody should at least read a couple of times. Um, and you know, it's been probably a year or so since I read it, but if somebody's getting started and just kind of getting that business approach in books, that's a, that's a great place to start. Right. Yeah, a lot and, of his uh, suggestions are kind of kind of counter, counterintuitive, and it kind of goes along with what you've been talking about, like putting everybody, putting putting people above yourself. You know, yeah, when you talk absolutely, to absolutely, like yeah. Um, there's other like the hard things about hard things, right? So there, there's a lot of good ones out there. Okay. Hey, Anthony, it's been great to talk to you. Great to get your insights and uh, hear your suggestions for uh, operations. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my